Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Midnight Chatterbox. I am your smaller host, Ant, and tonight Jay and I will be talking about extreme tourism, if we can quantify fatality on a spectrum, the cruelty of teens, aquatic life, our thoughts on Destiny's Vault of Glass returning, and after that, a certain infamous celebrity Twitter account. So let's not let's not wait around. Let's just dive right in. make anything work really i just have to uh yeah because you're a magic man and you're very no talented. no 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 uh-huh uh-huh it's true if i was a magic man uh so i would hope i'd get paid more oh did they not tell you <laughs> i'm sorry you you don't get paid for this you just <sighs> get to do it until you're done wow what a privilege it's really an honor. I can't believe I signed up for it. <laughs> it's, it's uh, like... Speaking... Go ahead, go on, go on. No, no, no. I was going to make some long comparison to selective service. That's, that's, that's for uh, later. Well, speaking of elective service, uh, we recently got into this topic that I wanted to talk about, and it's extreme tourism. I didn't really know what this was going into it, but go ahead. What, what, do you, what would you think of... When that that term kind of comes up, extreme tourism, base jumping, one hundred percent. That's the first thing. Okay, yeah, it's definitely like adrenaline uh, tourism, but uh, I think there are different degrees of it. Okay. Uh, okay, I'm listening. So, like, I just kind of jumped into the deep end with this and looked up uh, a documentary actually about extreme tourism and watched uh, most of it, if not all of it. Oh my god, and you, you, you did it, like actual research. I've been doing my research for the show, viewers. Whoa! So, uh, I'm just saying. Anyway, extreme tourism, the ones that I found right off the bat were these people who voluntarily hiked a volcano knowing that it was erupting. Okay, alright. I say alright <laughs> like that makes sense to me, but it doesn't. No, it, not, it's... It's bold. It's really bold. Like, base jumping, yeah, also extremely bold. Like, I think that's that's kind of why I brought up the degree thing. There's, like, there's safe, sort of semi-safe tourism that I think would involve stuff like that. Like, you know, I hiked Kilimanjaro. I base jumped off a cliff. And that's all, like, super crazy. And you could die. But there's this other... I don't know how to quantify it. It's, like... You're hiking a volcano, and it's erupting. Oh, yeah, so in this video, there were bright-ass orange chunks of rock landing near them when they were hiking it. <laughs> sure. And that, that, I just, it really hurts my brain. I start to kind of, like, think about that and, like, why, and it's it's interesting because it's kind of like survival instinct. I get, I don't know. I don't know. I just wanted to, jeez. Because I, I, I guess I can understand the the appeal of the of the risk taking aspect. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this could erupt. I didn't know it was like, <laughs> oh, this is erupting. Yeah. Oh my god. Another. Oh um, wow. Another. I guess a uh, a little part of this is uh, like a cultural tourism, in that people will pay to visit war zones. Like, active war zones. That's so grim. <laughs> it's It locks me up when I think about this. Like, what what compels these people, I guess? I guess they're really just... They're really searching for that, that kick, right? Mm-hmm. They've got to be. Because you could die at, like, a, any moment. And I guess that's maybe part of the appeal? I understand looking for adrenaline. Um, oh, yeah. I feel like 
the humble roller coaster is often forgotten as a great way exactly i forgot about yeah see stuff like like that's thrilling but like innocent enough yeah there's not like a chance that a stray bullet will just come whizzing over the horizon and straight (laughs) through your eyes or you're gonna get hit by a fucking rock out of the sky a molten a molten rock that will go right through you probably It's like I, I, it's just the degrees I think of different, and I'm sure there's even more extreme. I didn't even dive too deep into this because I was scared of where I might end up. Like that's, that's fair. You might have ended up doing some extreme tourism. Yeah, I would have been on a list somewhere for looking up like <laughs> the most extreme thing to do ever, and it could have been like I, I don't know, like taking heroin while I jump out of a plane or some crap, but something like that. What what else is out there? I'm going to look it up. Oh, I'm gosh. Be, I'm going to be very vague about it. <laughs> okay, yeah, you you got it. Okay, so these are the top 10 extreme adventures to do before you die. Oh, it's a bucket list. Oh, there's a list of 50. That's from 2014, though, so that's probably a little bit out of date. This one, however, 2015, so, you know, a little more modern. That aside, we have got volcano boarding in Nicaragua, which... I'm already skeptical. <laughs> Skydiving in Dubai, bungee jumping in New Zealand, uh, zorbing in New Zealand. Zorb, there is in all caps. I'm not going to look up what that is because I like the mystery. We got, sh- <laughs> okay. we got shark yeah. cage diving in Hawaii, the cliff walk in China, the big rush in Durban, South Africa, and fastest zip lining in South Africa. So when you were listing that, it this again, some of those things have like that slightly less degree of extreme, right? Mm-hmm. Like if I'm in a cage in shark waters, I feel like, you know, I'm I'm pretty safe overall. Like I'm it it'll be cool, but I'm like in a cage. It's kind of dangerous. Don't stick your arm out kind of thing. Yeah. If you curl up nice and tight, you'll be safe. Yeah, exactly. But if I'm scaling a cliff that has like a two inch board for my feet, it's also erupting at the same time. That that's the RNG of it. It doesn't make sense to me. (laughs) That's what it is. It's it's these things. RNG are not in my favor. And I don't like that. Extreme tourism is the gotcha gaming of real life exactly it really is it's people who want that gambling thrill those little freaks (laughs) it but you want to like spend that money and you know like oh i spent the money i wasn't wasting it gambling that's pedestrian you know Mm. if i lose i wasted it however (laughs) if i go volcano boarding from and this is from my understanding uh the only line i see is snowboarding is old school so I'm assuming this means you are surfing atop magma. <laughs> then you're not wasting it. Then you're just like, oh, you're a risk taker. You're brave, um, mm, attractive, okay. 195 centimeters tall. Oh. You know, things like that. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, another, uh, another little extreme part of the tourism was Chernobyl, which again brings up my rng fear because (laughs) (laughs) like rate like people were in this documentary i recommend watching it one of the activities was going to chernobyl and apparently everything the things that are more metal hold on to radiation better and can give you radiation more quickly i don't know they're higher they're radioactive more radioactive than other things Mm. and that's another layer of rng i i don't want to have to worry about is this building I'm standing next to going to kill me <laughs> by just existing here? So apparently Chernobyl will be radioactive for 20,000 years. That's busted. <laughs> so, yeah, that's all right. Can we get a nerf on, on Chernobyl, please? <laughs> yeah, can we? Yeah, please. Any devs in the chat, please. I would really advocate revisiting this. That's insane to think about. 20,000 years, or just any amount higher than my lifetime, really, is hard to think about. But mm. insane. And if we're quantifying fatality, or, or, or the time to kill, some of the worst hit areas could provide a fatal dose 
in just over a minute. One minute. So you you send me in to the radioactive bathroom, and I I get one minute, and then I just do. You, I guess I don't know. Do you just burn? Um, my understanding is that you would die from internal bleeding, because Ooh. the radiation does a lot of internal damage. Your bone marrow? Ah, whatever. Forget it. <laughs> yeah. Great. <laughs> I've read All a, right. I've read a book or two. Okay. <laughs> I I guess on quantifying fatalities and fatal things uh is our thing can things be more fatal than others like radiation a TTK varies right you know yeah. <laughs> is it fatal yeah but like you got some wiggle room if you stack the deck against radiation poisoning mm. in the current meta it could be a little less effective. But I guess it depends on how how you define more or less fatal. Like if you're talking just pure, straight up time to kill values, then I feel like the the instantaneous stuff is more fatal. Yeah, certainly. Like uh like like guns, I guess, or whatever. Something something quick, right? Like that is very dangerous. Something that can just, like, instantly, you're out, you're done. That's extremely fatal. If I were to label it in the, the cosmic shelves of uh, things that can kill people. That one's on the right. On the far right. And I would say, like, a, a skateboarding accident. Pretty far down the line. Yeah, exactly. But it could be instantaneous. Oh. You're cruising. And then you bail. And, oh, no. <laughs> You were skating on the freeway, you idiot. And then you're just, boom, done. I, I like this. Each thing has its own scale of uh, extremely fatal to fatal. Fatal being slow, extremely fatal being quick. But each each thing that we do in our daily lives, from hiking volcanoes to drinking coffee, it's all got that scale. Driving mm. the car? Dri- yeah, yeah, for real. Uh, a friend of mine, friend of the show, told me he was listening to that episode while he was driving. And he he remarked, wouldn't it be ironic if I died listening to that? Which is... Uh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Please don't. Drive safely. Pay attention. Pay attention to the road. Don't look at your phone. Don't, yeah. Don't, Come yeah. on, kids. Don't get tunnel vision, either. Because that's also it's also a risk. You got to stay aware. If they're gonna put you in the two ton death machine with several other two ton or more death machines, just be responsible about it. You know. That's all we ask, which is very little. There's no need to show any civilians the extreme tourism in your heart if they are not oh, a participant. Yeah, please keep your extreme tourism to yourself. <laughs> Come on, go. Go hike your own volcano. Don't make other people hike your volcano. Just break in, you know? This does not have to be an industry. If you want to trespass somewhere, you can just do that. Real quick, if you want to trespass, at least do it somewhere cool. Right, which is, I think, the appeal of the Chernobyl thing, right? Like, (laughs) Mm. a part of that documentary, some of the people were on a guided tour, and then other people who were even more extreme just decided to hike on their own into the area. Which is really ballsy. Is that allowed? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but All people right. do it. That's the thing. That's the thing with extreme tourism. People just don't give a shit. People were like, hey, don't hike this volcano. It's clearly erupting. Don't go to Chernobyl. You're going to die of radiation. People don't care. They throw the rules out. The human spirit in response to even the slightest provocation or challenge is so funny to me. It's really fascinating, the, the appeal of being told not to do something and the effect that that can have on you. Oh, yeah. It's it's pretty fascinating. Like, I guess you could call that reverse psychology, but I feel like that concept mostly applies to man- manipulation, primarily. Mm. Which is its own extreme tourism, but, you know. <laughs> oh, no. Maybe I've signed up for something. And I didn't even know. Oh, you, you signed the waiver. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh-oh. Day one. Oh, you know what? Actually, on the scale of things that are 
fatal to very fatal and everywhere in between. <laughs> I knew this guy uh, back in my younger days who was deceived into drinking a bottle of river water. I hate that. He didn't die. I mean, well, as far I, as I know, it, if he's dead, it, it it probably was not the river water. Otherwise, that would have been a real sleeper. For for this story, you need to share what what the river water. What start from the beginning? What was happening? This man that you knew who was compelled to drink straight from the river. Like I get it. My monkey brain's like, yeah, water. I need that, but. It's also the 2000s. Yes, it was, I want to say 2005. <laughs> Those halcyon days. Ugh. And he was offered this. I wasn't, I wasn't there for most of it. I got to w- witness <laughs> this event. But somebody had dipped a plastic water bottle into the river and unsurprisingly pulled out some muddy water. I don't remember like the exact hue of it at this at this oh, point. Oh, I can imagine it, like dirty brown, yellowy kind of maybe. Oh, and it was offered to this guy as chocolate milk, and now as as an adult, like one, I don't think I would just accept a, a bottle of brown liquid from anyone, even as a small <laughs> child, but especially not if someone said, "Hey, this is chocolate milk." My guy, have you ever seen chocolate milk come in a, a plastic bottle? In like, like a, a water bottle? Up water bottle. <laughs> oh, yeah. The stuff Dasani makes. Uh, uh, spring water and Thanks. chocolate milk. But he drank it. And that oh. that kid got really sick. <laughs> okay. What, did, he, did he know it was river water? So you said no. deceived. What? No, that's fucked up. Okay, I'm I'm gonna share a sto- story along this. After this, wow, R- he was deceived though. Yeah, because someone had offered it to him as chocolate milk. Okay, yeah, I guess then the blame is hard to place in <laughs> an asshole who offers river water as this, or the guy who was like, uh, I. I trust my friends. Like, I don't want to say this was a nuanced issue in any respect because I don't think the person who offered it to him was even like a friend. Like, I think those two had a very antagonistic relationship the entire time they knew each other, which one, I feel like that should have set off some red flags, but 14 slash 15 year olds are incredibly dumb. Mm-hmm. But like, if you're, if you're rival, so to speak, offers you something which is an unusual thing there's some tragedy there because maybe he thought that was like an olive branch of some kind oh no don't spin it like that now that's so sad he thought his little friend was <laughs> extending a peace offer hey bud i know we've been fighting for a few years but like you want some chocolate milk <laughs> why well, uh, sure <laughs> and then uh, diarrhea yeah, was that was that what happened to this this fellow? Did what happened? He he drinks it. Was it an immediate reaction? I feel like he, like when he like, I don't know if like he knew as soon as he drank it, which I would hope <laughs> that he did. Instead of thinking this is some weird chocolate milk. Oh no! But I'm sure I'm sure like he swallowed some of it, and you know the river that that water came from, not what i would call mountain spring fresh so i think he had some <laughs> bowel issues but that was that was all i knew that had happened so <laughs> for any of the little freaks out there thinking of tricking their their foes into drinking river water uh just be a grown-up and smash in their headlights with a bat clearly come on be civil be civil. I, uh, re- relating to the story, so I didn't, now that I know that this, this poor man was tricked, I can relate with him. Uh. Oh no. So when I was in high school, so when we were in all in high school, the gang went to McDonald's 
after school because that was like the thing to do Mm -hmm. for a while so we'd go to mcdonald's and we'd cause a ruckus and we'd buy like what like two fries and then just like fuck around and you know be annoying well we had a really big group go with us this day so we took up two tables right and we went in and we bought like some of the richer kids i went to public school so the rich kids had like you know five dollars they got like their own stuff but the the poorer kids we kind of pulled our money and we all got like just a big thing of fries and because we were taking up two tables we split the fries up oh that feels unfair yeah you know what the the social dynamics of 15 year olds are fascinating very very true (laughs) but anyway one one table ended up going through their fries really quick and the other you know was just still snacking on theirs and then for some i don't know how it it started but i ended up at the table that had already gone through their fries and the other table started like throwing fries at our table and we'd scramble like little chimps to grab the one fry that they threw and eat it and it was like a that was like the fun game you know for a minute well they threw a few <laughs> fries we're all grabbing I don't get, I don't get the first few. I'm still, I'm slow to catch on. And then one gets thrown. I'm not really paying attention. I I grab it really quick and I slurp it up. I eat it. And I'm like, haha, I got that one. Everybody at both tables, like stops what they're doing and is just like, and I'm like, uh, 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 what turns out this kid at the other table had gotten this mcdonald's french fry put it in his mouth like slurped it and then tossed it and that was the one i got i've never been the rng the rng was not in my favor i had to be the one to grab that one and i can you know I think I tried to play it off really smooth, as smooth as I could. Like, I didn't care that I just ate a soggy fry. You tried to be the cool guy. Yeah, I, I think so. But, oh my god. I So I relate with this kid. <laughs> he was deceived, as was I. <laughs> oh my god. I, it's disgusting. I'm, so anyone who's been deceived... I see you. I relate. You're you're at home here at the yeah, Midnight You're welcome here. At if you've ever been tricked, ever in any capacity, <laughs> you, you're safe here. This is no trick. You get what you get. And speaking of no trick, in getting what you get and water, oddly enough, aquariums. What's going on there? I fucking love aquariums. I love fish. I don't know why. I was thinking about this earlier today before the show. I think it's the closest we can get on Earth to traveling to another planet is like the ocean and fish. I agree. Because uh, the, the biodiversity in the ocean is just so fascinating. Like the lives that they live are just so different when you really think about it. And there's just such a variety that live in just alien ways. Especially those ones towards the bottom. Oh, yeah. Like I, I know I already talked about my, my feelings on just a whole lot of water out there moving around, but sometimes I feel like <laughs> like I'm projecting my, my consciousness and I'm thinking about just like what's going on in deep water. And I feel like the aquarium is just this very beautiful, placid microcosm of what that experience might be like. But also when i was a kid i had a, like a very fucked up aquarium experience yeah i don't remember the exact <laughs> i almost said brand of fish uh oh, what what sort of fish it was i want to say like yellowtail maybe but we had two of those and they were some of the most vicious angriest little bastards <laughs> that you can imagine they systematically killed all of the other fish oh no 
Like we had like a little fighting fish, which I, you know, as a kid, I just thought, oh, pretty fins. I didn't really think about, you know, the safety yeah. of anything. Yeah. It was nice. <laughs> but then like the day after we got him, I found that fish, its fins devoured, just floating at the top. Oh no, that's tough. And they just, they ate all of the fish. I was not aware that they were predatory fish. I don't. I don't know if uh, your parents would have either. You know, it's not. It's not always so uh, easy to distinguish. You just think, oh, okay, yellow fish. That's cool. I'll just throw it in there, and then you've got a crime scene on your hands. I had several, and I was not nearly equipped, neither professionally or emotionally. Yeah, right? Like these you bring home these these brand new boys to enjoy your aquarium and they ruin it. Ugh, I'm offended for you. When those fish died, I was thrilled. <laughs> Do you think that so is it is it the ferocity then of the fish that it was just it was the nature, I guess, surprising. Maybe that's a better way to put it. Uh the nature of it just really shocking to you yeah because before those fish everything was going swimmingly (laughs) 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 all right okay all right that's all the time we have today uh thanks everyone for tuning in um no but like the the manner in which i had found some of those fish like one had like the entire midsection just eaten through oh yeah this was necessary this was just, this was for the flourish. Mm. He wanted this to be found. Hey, kid, come here. <laughs> oh, no. I, it's, it, the nature of the ocean itself, too, is really striking to us in that sense. Because when you kind of start to break it down, everything in the ocean is basically trying to kill each other. In some, or like trying to feed, I guess. Yeah. And, it being in the water, that's a whole nother, like, dimension of it. A three dimension. A third dimension. <laughs> a three dimension, uh, Jesus. T- t- too many. <laughs> the, the, th- the three dimension. The three dimension. I've had enough. <laughs> no, I agree, though. And honestly, it's kind of an interesting moral compass. If If you interpret the way of the wild as everything is trying to self-preserve or if it is just this messy cyclical violence for that that everything is sort of consigned to as a matter of existence mm-hmm. maybe that's a little too philosophical for my little guys out there in open waters hmm. i like it but any any zoologists who would love to chime in throw it down in the comments yeah you know where to find us there's somewhere new every day. Welcome. Welcome to the ground floor of 2033's biggest breakout hit. You want to get in on this? Come here. I, uh, speaking of deep sea, though, I was also watching more documentaries. I don't know why. I guess I'm just on a documentary kick. Uh, about, like, the, the Greenland shark that lives at crazy depths. And is basically a fossil. They live up to 500 years. God. That's an alien. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's such an alien way of living. But it's here on Earth, so we don't classify it as, like, an alien. Like, which I get, okay, but, like, that's crazy. There are sharks that are older than the U.S. I wish they would just come and take us back. Come and take retake their homeland (laughs) walk walk up out on to the beaches (laughs) we'll look on two fins (laughs) got a a waterlogged assault rifle in one fin and this unlit cigar in the other (laughs) they toss it into the gill and they're ready to go oh shit it's theirs I'd give it up (laughs) at that point they earned it we don't need to fight for it I I don't care you want to swap I'll be a, you want to swap? Hey, yeah. All right. Let me go swim in the dark for a while. <laughs> oh, for 400 years, actually. And they're blind. It's absolute darkness down there. 
like thinking about watching them like oh yeah i can see them because i process visible light and the cameras that they used to film them used visible light to record them but then thinking about that they live a blind existence in a three-dimensional void what oh that's an alien it's a cosmic space alien that just happens to live at the bottom of the ocean right that's why i think deep sea is a more realistic quote-unquote final frontier Mm-hmm. I, I know human, human beings love the, the pie in the sky kind of thing. It's like, oh, there's got to be so much far-flung life out there. And I'm sure there is. I mean, mm. as for what that looks like, maybe it looks like a weird little gremlin in the abyss that's blind and just vibing for 500 years. And then it's then no dies. longer vibing. Yeah, right? Like, mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. You know what else is mind-boggling? Why the Vex just turn on night mode for this season. <laughs> if they're all powerful i can create simulations oh hey you want the vault of glass back oh, let me just simulate it why they turn on night mode <laughs> just my little vex goblin at a computer i <laughs> love that thought it's one vex like teenager just <laughs> at the computer just at the, at the dos uh-huh. little claws slowly typing away programming in vex to spawn everywhere <laughs> What what are your uh, what are your thoughts on the on the season so far thus far from their recording? Well, I don't know if you've seen the the latest cutscene from this week. I have not, but I've heard big things. Go ahead with whatever it is. It's really good. It is genuinely really good storytelling. Does it tread a lot of familiar ground in terms of media? Yes, but I do think politically it's the most interesting that destiny has ever been or i mean it's been interesting the whole time but you've had a you have to be very dedicated to really see that story behind the curtain now that it's a little more accessible and it's in the game because i remember when if you wanted to read the lore you had to go to bungie's website for that read all those grimoire cards and now you have so many different avenues with which to do that. And now that it's in the game, and especially the story that they're telling with Saint-14 and how utterly fucking terrifying a guardian actually is conceptually, you see a creature that is extremely powerful and it is hellbent on destroying you. And you, you kill this creature. That creature doesn't die, but you swear that they died. And there's this incredibly brutal looking image of and i i guess spoilers although by the time this goes up i think i imagine most people will have seen it but if you're okay with hearing yeah you know please tell me all about it there's this really brutal frame of saint just dragging this fallen into the bubble (laughs) just to like fucking massacre him i I love that narrative switch, though. Like, it's such... I love that kind of storytelling. Just personally, I really love stories that, like, don't get told. Or, like, stories from perspectives that you wouldn't normally think of. Like, everybody's seen the superhero perspective and all that. But I think it's... Like, yeah, it can be interesting. However, like, seeing that, like... Seeing Destiny through the eyes of, like, a dreg Mm -hmm. are... It's so... Oh, what's the word? There's such a juxtaposition, such like a, just a complete flip of like, oh yeah, I'm having fun, I'm powerful, versus like, this monster is going to kill me. And there's nothing you can do about it. And there's literally, I kill it, even if I succeed in killing it, it just comes back. Until I'm dead. And that whole scenario was brought up because uh, there was a, a situation where the the fallen settlement that was moved into the city was sabotaged in some way because people are they're being worn down by the endless night. Mm-hmm. So one of the the Lakshmi, the the leader of the future war cults, uh, says or, or maybe Saint says this. I I like just watched it and I've harshly forgotten those other details. I'm still thinking about Saint just fucking <laughs> punching people. She says something about how. People are naturally hesitant to live with their monsters, or Saint says that one of the two, and then Mithrax tells that story. Like, don't don't tell us anything about living with our monsters. 
you're still here. Mm-hmm. You are the exact, you are the monster. Right. Like when you've seen so many monsters come and go, you know, quote unquote monsters, and you're still the one around, you, maybe you the monster. Sorry. And it's, it's, oh, it's, it's just, it's really good. And there's like some broadcasts you can listen to in part of Helm where it's Lakshmi talking to the people of the city. Mm-hmm. And like, I think one of the more recent ones is like, this is the song that the people of the city are singing. And it has like that same Savathun light motive. Mm-hmm. I've heard, I heard something about that. I kind of watched something. I love that meta narrative that has mm-hmm. been spun through destiny i oh man maybe like it's a little bit trite but i love meta narrative shit like that and it just it worries me for the future because i really feel like they'll bring sabathun out and it's gonna be oh hey y'all remember king's fall get oh. this queen's fall okay you think okay yeah yeah no i i definitely see that that worry right like that it, it could just like you're setting up something really big here. You're very clearly like thinking about it. And but then to just swing it back towards the narrative we've already experienced. Like that's I guess the safe way to do it, but also not the way I I want it to go, I guess. Yeah. I'm very nervous that they will not stick the landing. Yeah, on, which on this. is incredibly hard at any kind of like big story driven any kind of entertainment, right? Like when you know you have something good, it's really hard to to keep it good the whole yeah. way down. To not only meet the expectations of your audience, and that's mm-hmm. not like that's necessarily an important thing, but to meet your own expectations, like it's it's so difficult. Yeah, no, and definitely props to them. I'm excited to see what what they're doing. I just you know I hope it's good. And above all, they finally beat the curse of uh, odd season good, even season bad. Oh, was that the thing for a while? Yes. Like for the past two years, uh, <laughs> the even season has been like, all right, well, I'm going to go. This is very <laughs> bad. The season of Worthy, uh, Doggy Doo-Doo. The season Oof. of The Drifter. Well, you know, <laughs> we all know how we feel I about Gambit guy. on this podcast. <laughs> and I think I'm pretty sure that was it. I think the only exception to that rule was the release of Forsaken itself. So. Mm. There you go. Yeah, I, I, so far, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. I have yet to buy this season pass. I know, but from what I've experienced as a, as a free player this season, it's still pretty good so far. I, I do like Vault of Glass playing it again. It was better than I expected. I guess is, is the short of it. It was better than I thought they were gonna do in bringing it back. Yeah, I think that's the general consensus. And I'm not like a huge raider, mm-hmm. but props. Yeah, no, definitely. I like the mechanics. There's still some cheeses to it that exist, which are hilarious. Oh, I'm all about that. I'm all about the cheese. It's, you know, it's it's honestly not that hard of a raid compared to other raids that I've experienced. The only one I haven't done is Last Wish in <laughs> Destiny 2. I know. We're going to do it one day. But this this one, all you really need is like Wither Ward. And like, you could probably do most of it with that because... It is a Destiny 1 raid in the sense that, like, everything spawns at the same place all the time. I gotcha. Okay. So you just pop Wither Horde where everything's spawning and six Guardians with Wither Horde, you know, easy you peasy. Call it a day. Yeah, <laughs> you just walk away, shoot it, walk away. And so it, it makes a lot, uh, most of the encounters, honestly, pretty trivial, uh, at least for, like, the ad clear. I mean, I've heard like one of the bigger concerns or not concerns, but one of the bigger changes is that phases of things don't happen subsequently. Like you have to deal with ads and the oracles rather than just, oh, this is oracles. Uh Oh, here come the Vex. (laughs) Oh, they're gone. Uh, But the oracles are back. There the oracles are. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's definitely quicker. I think it's certainly going to be one of those raids that once you know it, and you get a fire team, you could probably do it in like oof, 20, 30 minutes quickly and legitimately. Love that. There's a cheese right now for anyone who is interested in the raid with uh, Atheon, where uh, <laughs> you essentially, his model for some reason and his health bar before the last encounter is just on Venus. I don't know why. It's the 
some dev can explain that somehow. I'm sure it will get patched. But his model's there, and you can get guardians to essentially respawn if you need... If you want to know more, look it up. But you get guardians to respawn there before the encounter starts, and you can damage him in there. And he just stands there, and you shoot him, and kill him, and then you start the encounter, and it's all over. It's super anticlimactic, and it kind of feels bad, huh. but like... I'm going to keep doing it until it's patched. That's basically how Last Wish is. Like, the Riven Cheese mm -hmm. is, like, the community-accepted way to do it. And the only time I've cleared Last Wish, I did the fight legitimately. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Major props to the the team that I had, but I would absolutely never do it legitimately <laughs> again. There's, It's just, the, the room for air is just too small, I mm. think. It's one of the things that really puts the, the consistent group of friends I have off from playing the raid. Uh-huh. Uh, I love them. They're not like PvE gods or anything. But the fact that you have revive tokens yeah. is super detrimental for people who are not like mechanically skilled enough to avoid death. Exactly. I was I was talking with another friend about Destiny, how like 80% of the time, whenever you're playing this game it's pretty easy oh yeah like it's you get used to it especially as a more casual player like you think yeah this is this is easy but then you jump into these higher these like the 10 percent of modes that are just ungodly difficult like raids and nightfalls and grandmasters and it really knocks you up so i definitely understand their like struggle in a raid you know because normally it's not that hard yeah, and I think it speaks to a lot of what people like to experience in their video game because a lot of people want to feel like gods. You know, they want to feel very oh, yeah, powerful. Yeah, yeah. They want to just mow through everything, which, you know, that's a totally valid reason to enjoy video games. And most of Destiny is tailored to that experience. Oh, yeah. But then I feel like a lot of people get really, really bothered when there is difficult content in the game for people who are craving more difficulty and i've heard like various complaints that like they, it, this should be more accessible like the whole game is accessible and yeah. just because you want something really good from the raid like i listen i gotta be honest with you virtually every gun in destiny is almost the same thing uh, right like essentially everything is viable at, like you could use it to do anything for that lower tier of play it doesn't it does not matter you can no. use white guns whatever for you every want. single thing and you would you would notice like it would be a little bit slower because you would not have any perks but like it would be fine mm -hmm. so but that's a that's a topic that can be broken into many little pieces just going uh on the difficulty one of the parts of as compared, though, at least recently, the ones I've been running a lot, at least raid-wise, have been Deepstone Crypt and Vault of Glass. And you were saying in the uh, last Wish raid that it's uh, there's like a lot of timing, like you really have to get things down. In Deepstone Crypt, I felt as if there wasn't. It, like, there were vital moments, but I think Deepstone Crypt is one of the most recoverable raids I've ever played. Because just of how the mechanics work, I guess. I think I think that's great. And it is. It's I think Deepstone is a great introductory raid. I think it came out at a great time when a lot of new players were in. And I think it's a good introductory raid because it's pretty simple. Other people can recover it for you. However, on the other half of that coin, I Volt of Glass is similar to the Last Wish in the sense that if you're doing Volt of Glass legitimately now, you have to be pr like everybody, all six people, not five people, not four people. All six need to be doing their part, which is super cool that that this can happen. But it again, it 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 kind of comes back to that idea of like some people are not as good at these things, or you know that access to it. I'm certainly guilty of wanting the ad clear role, not because I <laughs> look, not because I'm bad at the game or anything. No, you're great. But because I am extraordinarily lazy, I don't want to <laughs> think. I don't want to, like, Grandmaster Nightfalls, to me, are really simple because they're very execution-based. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it's pretty simple. Like, just go through it. We all know kind of what to do. Like, you don't really have to communicate much. 
But the raids, yeah, definitely. In Vault of Glass, uh, there's oracles, and you have to shoot them in an order now, as opposed to the old Vault of Glass, where you just kind of had to kill them. You do have to shoot them in an order, and it it you have to have everyone on mics, essentially, for these mechanics. Oh, I, I understand. Like, I'm, I'm definitely not of the opinion that raids should have matchmaking, because, you know... <laughs> A lot of people are not very good at Destiny, and that is okay. Yeah, no, it's totally fine. I did read something recently about how they thought Deepstone Crypt was too easy, so the next raid is going to be, like, harder, or, like, they're going into it trying to make it harder, and that I'm scared now. (laughs) That's the issue with catering to a a group of players who... I, I, I think that comment specifically about Deepstone Crypt being too easy. I think that comes from uh, an, a sense of pride in we're we're big we're big time Destiny players, okay. so yeah, yeah. we we deserve to have the day one emblem. And if everybody gets it, then that sort of diminishes the value for us. Which is that's a that's a very strange opinion to hold about a video game, mm-hmm. but nonetheless, there it is. And I'm not certain if that was the intent behind saying it but that's certainly the implication and i guess it's something i don't know it just holds like a a weird place i think i guess would you say overall uh, that destiny as a game caters to that high tier of play versus the lower tier or mid tier like where's the focus i think it's all over the place depending on what era of destiny you're, mm. you're talking about like when last wish came out you had to you had to play the game like it was a full-time job to be not eligible but have the, the light necessary to actually get in and not just be shredded immediately oh, it came yeah. out on a weekday i'm pretty sure and you know most people have not a nine to five necessarily but they do work over the week and lately with Deepstone Crypt and Vault of Glass, they came out on a Saturday. Deepstone Crypt gave people, I want to say, not a month, maybe it, maybe it was a month of time to grind and get ready for it. And mm-hmm. Vault of Glass, there wasn't nearly as much of a power grind. Like most people, I'm assuming, were close to 1300, which is what it was at. So. It might not even be thirteen hundred. I don't know. I have not I, looked at it. I think it is. I it's. I think it's a flat thirteen hundred. At least now, not day one. Day one, it was like thirteen twenty or something. Yes, the the whole contest mode. Mm-hmm. And I think contest mode is actually a really great way to appease both yeah. the, the more casual player and the hardcore player. And it's really boggling to me that they don't just do that. Yeah, like, and I guess like. You go ahead. You go first. No, I, I agree. I think the community, I feel like that's been a consensus for a little while. Like, you you clearly have designed a whole other mode for this raid. Like, just give, leave it as an option, right? Like, four people. And, like, give us, like, a 10% more chance to get an exotic or something like that, right? Like, it'd be easy to implement. And I think it would appease those. Or it's at least it sounds like it'd be easy to keep in. Yeah, because they've, they've already got it. Yeah. Like, they already spent time making that contest mode. I don't know. I guess that's just something that uh, Destiny just does. That's just kind of part of it. You got to kind of be there to experience it. Which is its own problematic philosophy, I think, that is not great for the health of the game. But it is what it is, you know. Until, you know, executives learn how to operate for for the benefit of all, I think it is. It's, it is what it is. And... I understand why they don't have like a hard mode with different mechanics because raids already have a pretty low clear rate amongst the general population of players Mm -hmm. to make something even less accessible to fewer people. I understand that they are hesitant to allocate much in the way of resources there, but like the contest mode, just let people have it and like do Weeks where it's double drops, yeah, from right. Encounters. Double drops, something like that, or even one drop is double. It's just something you know, just a little more. Still an incredible game. I always have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Speaking of incredible things, though, I have been looking into 
I don't know if anyone else on the Midnight Chatterbox or any viewers have been following um, this. I'm sure maybe one day. But uh, the Unreal 5 uh, demo and tests have been coming out recently. The Unreal 5 engine. Insane. Just mind-blowing to think about. At least for me, in my perspective. Tell me more. What... What about it blows your mind? I, I like I know, but oh my god! I just looked. I just looked up a picture. <laughs> I get it. It's it's really just. I was trying to think about this earlier again before the podcast and trying to like contextualize my thoughts. I think it's just these moments of awe that we get in video games. These like they don't happen too frequently, but like in memorable and amazing things like video games, you do have these few moments where you're like, wow, like. Everything kind of fades. You're really drawn into it. It's immersive. It's amazing, especially visually. And I think that mm-hmm. Unreal 5 Engine, at least, go ahead and look it up whenever you can. Not while you're driving, viewer. Don't please. do that. Uh, but the technology there is just mind-boggling at this point. It's so photorealistic. I watched a demo of this guy go around like a forest in the engine and he, in his own video, like verbally would just stop in this forest, moving around and just be, just moments of silence. Like, just like, wow, this like visually is becoming just like, where will it end? I guess is like the question it kind of begs. How far will this technology go? Do you think? It's hard to say, you know, you, you can't really surpass photorealism. I think the technology in lieu of graphical evolution, will be how you interact with it. So I, I think maybe one day we will get to that holodeck level of immersion. Mm-hmm. And that, that's a very pie-in-the-sky thing. Like we've discussed, humans love to believe we can achieve. But I really think that's, honestly, that is the logical conclusion to me, is to focus less on those bigger leaps and people like always say like yeah like as we get further and further along with technology we're not going to see big leaps but well, i don't know just from the pictures i looked at it, the yeah. thumbnails it's so fascinating like when like the lighting of the whole system is just it 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 makes me speechless it, it boggles my mind makes me think like how how is this made really i think just thinking that a person like created that i think is really really cool oh yeah no definitely it's almost like a maybe pandora's box kind of thing (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i could see that like you you open this gateway to a virtual world right and then you really start investing in the um the full escapism into it which might not necessarily just be graphics, but other things, you know, eventually, like you said, maybe some sort of holodeck or whatever advanced simulation. When do people start living in those, though, right? Because you, you say now, like, we love Destiny, right? That's a great game. Mm-hmm. If, if you had the option to just l- essentially live in that, live that life, would you, I guess, is the question that kind of arises from my sick little brain. Well, I do love the idea of being able to double jump. So my gut instinct is yes. Yeah. Okay. You sold me. All right. Sign me up. Put the (laughs) throw the the haptic vest on. Yeah. (laughs) No, I think that's yeah. I don't like maybe holodeck is centuries away, but I think and this is actually technology that already exists. Like the haptic vest is actually a thing (laughs) for yeah. If you're wearing this and you're shot in your first person shooter, you'll feel the shot. Which is like, okay, all right, sure. <laughs> it's, it is it is just boggling. It makes me think of an Alan Watts quote, a uh, philosopher from the, uh, the 20th century, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, but something along the lines of, if you could dream any dream you wanted, and you spent all your time fulfilling all your fantasies and doing whatever you wanted because you knew you could control your dream and you knew you were dreaming, eventually would you force yourself to dream a dream where you didn't know you were dreaming? And that makes me shudder a little bit because I think it's easily connected to this, this topic because it's really easy to, I think, if, you know, if this technology is sufficiently advanced at some point to its prime i guess or apex would that be possible 
that that is definitely a, a Pandora's box of a question. I, I think yes. I think something like that will happen. I'm not sure yeah. if it'll necessarily be enabled by technology. Or, yeah. I mean, yes, everything is in a sense. But I feel maybe in the far-flung future, there's just going to be a drug. <laughs> it'll just be called Dream or some cyberpunk shit. Dream. Ooh. And it puts you it puts you in the Matrix and you're set. <laughs> it's a voluntary Matrix. You know, they didn't, it was never forced. They were like, hey, you want to? We're just going to suck on your juices, but, like, you could, like, do whatever you want in there. Like, all right. <laughs> that, that's an easy sell for me, Mr. Alien. That's how, they're gonna, that's how they'll get us. <laughs> they'll just come on down and offer, hey, you want a dream? You want a double jump, you little freak? <laughs> come here. <laughs> I'll put you in this. Crazy that that's the origin story of Tommy Wiseau. This... Seriously, if you're listening, Tommy, it's cool. You don't have to, like, hide. I know you're an alien. This dude's insane. But he's also amazing. I It's it's a love-hate relationship for me. <laughs> Here at the Midnight Chatterbox, we have a very complicated opinion of Tommy Wiseau. Do we love saying, hi, doggy? Yes. Yes, we do. <laughs> Lisa. <laughs> you're tearing me apart. Ah, it's great. It's... The artistic expression I respect so much. Amazing. I love it. Commit. Yeah, yeah. just just own it. Mm-hmm. Be the Tommy Wiseau in your own life. As you should. And if you need more inspiration, look at his Twitter page. Because it it's unnerving, but <laughs> no, <laughs> motivating? Right. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Of course, listener, <laughs> if you are driving, <laughs> please don't. Well, please but, do not uh, go if you have the time Tommy Wiseau's Twitter while you're driving. But uh, have you seen it? Just this this picture of him uh, like blowing a kiss into the camera. Today's words: substance, virtue, love. Tommy Wiseau. Lowercase t, uppercase w. <laughs> oh, the freaky part. Okay. So, yeah, obviously, this, like, one picture. His first picture of him is making, like, duck face at the camera, like, and his hair's really greasy and the light's bad. Keep scrolling, because if you'll start to notice a pattern. Oh, my God. That's a lot. This is a lot of his pictures. Oh, he but just then they start to the repeat. Picture. He reuses <laughs> the same picture. They're not even updated pictures. <laughs> what if Tommy Wiseau has been dead the whole time? It's not even the same look. Okay, it's not even the same tweet. Like he intentionally, like you said earlier, his words were like substance, virtue, love, Tommy Wiseau. And then 20 tweets down is the same picture with the same thing saying today's words. And they're different. It's honor, motivation. And I guess he just chose two today, but it's the same picture. Yeah, I've, I've, I've got challenge and courage. Here's the thing, though. Here's the here's the one that really <laughs> set me off. It's the one where it's a picture of Heath Ledger's Joker. <laughs> Today's words, which was May twenty third, spontaneity, contentment. That's kind of dark, but okay. <laughs> That's actually extremely <laughs> fucked up, <What>? Tommy. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> He's. Uh, it's what a what a life to live. Really, like. And you can keep scrolling, and it just, it keeps repeating. The pattern is there. What is he trying to say? Apparently, it's virtue and substance. I think he's caught in a loop. Oh, this is a zoomed-in picture of the Joker. And the words are respect, independence. I like that he follows it up with a question mark. Could it be this? I'll never tell. That's for me, Tommy, to know. And for you to find out. I, and I, I'm respect really like just the commitment is i think what is so shocking like this man gets up like every day or two (laughs) and uploads the same picture with a different caption he must have them on like a rotation right like monday through friday oh he's got them scheduled like through the entire year (laughs) yeah oh here's one where he did two in a row though that must have been a bad day from April 4th and April 3rd. Uh, th- th- the same exact picture. The words change, though. We got uh, balance and triumph versus oh. change and clarity. Also, happy Easter. 
Well, wait, he said also happy Easter. It was an Easter tweet. Happy Easter to anyone. And then the other one says, (laughs) to anyone. anyone. What the fuck does that mean? (laughs) Not to all, but to anyone. To anyone who wants it. That's Tommy's brand in a nutshell. (laughs) Hey, you want this? All right. Also, the Midnight Chatterbox theme. <laughs> we here at the Midnight Chatterbox send our love and respect to Tommy. Tommy, Tommy, if you want to be on the show, by all means, I would kill. Please, not literally. If Tommy Wiseau was ever on the show, I would literally. Who wants I, to die? So Tommy Wiseau I, will appear on the show. His other one was his other Easter tweet. If you were interested, says, "Yes, you can say Happy Easter." <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> yes. Oh, um, like... I love it. We love you, Tommy. We hope you're doing well. Thank you, Tommy. Well, you know, we are... We're, we're running short on time. So, what are today's words? Jeez. Uh, Water. I came up with one. You gotta come up with the other one. Right. So, so today's words are water and consistency love to anyone who wants it from lowercase midnight capital c chatterbox i love it nighty night (laughs) we'll catch you next time